if you're going to make it the next couple years, you have to commit to being excellent at what you do. Welcome to The Perfect Fit Presents. Today I'm with Casey Holland, Nations Lending. Casey is a dynamic young sales professional that I look forward to having a chat with. Let's see what Casey's up to. Casey, I really appreciate you having the time for me today with the Perfect Fit GoPro podcast. Deciding to go pro is a decision that uh, salespeople need to make if they want to come out the other side of this economic season, I believe. At Nations Lending, you're one of my go-to lending nationwide to the extent as possible. I am growing my business. I'm, I'm starting business in Florida. I will be starting business in Middle Tennessee. Hopefully you're licensed in both of those places as well as Colorado that I know you are. I want to start with a question. Let's get to know Casey a little bit. And uh, I'd like to hear, Casey, about your most proud moment as a sales professional. Yeah, thanks, Ed. I appreciate you really um, having me on here and taking the time. Um, appreciate everything that you've done and, and that we've done together so far. Um, man, I've got a couple proud moments. I would say... You know, believe it or not, the first thing that popped in my mind, I'm just going to go with that. Um, most proud moment would be actually quitting uh, a nice salaried position that I had before I got into sales. You know, making that jump and that commitment and then making it work, I would say, is my most proud moment. I could have went to a couple other things like, you know, President's Club at my company a couple times in a row here, you know, and leading a sales team. But honestly, that commitment I made to jump into sales in 100% commission and making it work and making it a success is that was the first thing that popped in my mind. It does take intestinal fortitude to jump in and make the commitment to go with a full commission only. You know, it's like total respect for folks that, that careers in automotive and other spaces where you get to take the limits uh, as high as your activity level is willing to push them. It's definitely, it's a decision and a, you have to put action behind it. The Perfect Fit podcast is is designed around sales professional and uh, the Expect My Call mobile app that I developed to make sure that we have legendary follow-up uh, throughout our life. And it's, it's a tool that's my bottom of funnel. All of my personal life commitments, various business activity commitments, they can all live happily in there. We have CRMs and Salesforce and, and KV cores and follow-up bosses and all those kind of things that I look as opportunities. And I've got several funnels myself that there are opportunities to drip on people until they can get to the point where we can have a conversation and determine that we can actually be in business together in some form or fashion. Until that decision gets to be made, they're not even anywhere near my personal commitment list. So expect my calls about my personal commitment list. In sales, we have multiple opportunities for lead generation. What's your favorite lead gen uh, channel? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I'll start by just giving you a little bit of perspective. When I got back into the mortgage business, this would have been 2016. Well, actually, let me back up a half a step further. When I first started in mortgages, this was 2010. And our lead gen, 100% of our lead gen was calling internet leads. So we were, we were cold, you know, I want to say cold calling. We were calling leads from lowermybills.com, uh, lending tree, along with other, uh, web-based lead sources. That was our primary source of business. I did that for a year. 100 dials a day was the requirement, the minimum requirement. Most of the time it was 150, 175 dials a day just to get a handful of people on the phone to pick up. 
Um, they weren't always happy when they did pick up because we were one of maybe a dozen companies that were calling them at the time. Uh, but that really kind of, uh, that started my mortgage business. Now, moving forward to 2016, when I came back in the mortgage business, our business was primarily mailers. So we would actually spend about 50000 a month out of our branch, and we would mail across the country. People would get our mailer. They would call in. So now it was telemarketing, but on the inbound side. And that's a it's a grind. Um, so when we shifted our business, getting to your question, in 2018, we dumped the mailers. We weren't buying any leads. And we I switched my business, and, and our whole branch did, 100% into self-generated. So... And, and by far, that made the biggest difference in my life, in my business. And 2018, all of our business from that point forward has been relationship-based, referral-based. So that is by by far my favorite lead generation is by building relationships. Um, and that's through realtors like yourself that, that are a good fit with us and that we have a good mutual relationship. That's through financial advisors, CPAs, other small business owners in the area. Um, through our friends, family, and just any anybody else that we have a relationship with. And it's the quality of referral and the quality of people we get to work with. That's also past clients, I should mention. Um, it's been a big source of that. But the quality of people that we get to work with now, the ongoing relationship aspect of that makes that by far my my number one go-to and just something I'll never turn back from. Right on. So around town, do you have uh, favorite civic uh, events, activities, and or hobbies that that, uh, help you expand your opportunities for sphere development? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the groups that I'm involved with is called Master Networks. So it's a networking group that we have here um, close by. We have in that group local business owners, and these are people that I don't want to say I hand-selected them, but I, I helped recruit a lot of the group in there because there are other people that are they're doing good things in the community. They have a great reputation. They work with great clients. So that's a group that I meet with every single week. And now we meet a lot of times additional, you know, we'll meet Tuesday morning on our meeting, but then we'll get together and we'll do something else, a happy hour, a sure. um, we've been shooting with them. So that's one of the things. The other thing is just being involved with, I have two kids, four and uh, four and eight, about to be five and eight. So they play sports. I'm involved with that. Uh, they're part of homeschool groups. My wife and I get involved with that. Just anything that we can to to talk to other people and just be involved. I also, you know, my podcast that we started um, here locally that we do in person has been a great resource for that because we're now able to invite other guests in and have conversations with them and get to know them better. They get to know us better. It helps to get people to know you because the biggest, I think, thing in sales, and we know this, is you have Secret to get agents. out of obscurity. Yeah. Secret agents. Yeah. And, and you don't want to – exactly. And you don't want to be the best-kept secret because the best-kept secret, you might be a great – you know, you might be really good at doing loans or, or you know, listing houses, but if nobody knows about you, your your business is going to suffer from that, and you're not going to last very long. Absolutely. So I love the BNI registered trademark model where you where you develop a set of uh, real estate professionals at the core of a chapter and you start adding in yep. other other ancillary industries and and uh, they can make a dynamic a dynamic group. Uh, the weekly meetings, I'm pretty sure, are a, a meaningful part of that. 
and taking it socially even even better. Recently, we have a group in Texas that is actually creating a BNI networking-like model that they're franchising out across our agent population to basically give us the, the cookie-cutter template for how you develop an EXP network chapter. Uh, I, so. I love that. And that's very similar to what the group I'm in with Master Networks they they were formed and they're actually out of Texas as well, believe it or not. But they actually the reason for that was the owner of Master Networks was part of BNI. He did you know, he liked some of the aspects of it, wasn't a fan of others, you know, the kind of like forced referral aspect of it. So he created this networking group that's that's relationship based. And yeah, when you look at it, it makes perfect sense, right? Get together with the people and it just it adds enough framework around it. That we're there every week, we're there on time, we have an agenda, we have things training to cover, but it's also um, relationship-based enough and kind of open enough that mm-hmm. it's not, I don't want to say anything bad about BNI. Yeah, the, the, yeah really the, the BNI enough, model right? is whoever pays gets in, and, and uh, you know, if you're, if you're not in the top five industries that really drive a chapter, then you have to wait in line for them to, to start another one and stuff like that, so... It's uh, yep. well, self. It's it's a self-selected group of people that actually want to do business together, which is the key. It's I mean it's yep. the key to all things. One of the down the road milestone visions I have for Expect My Call, which is currently an MVP, a minimum viable product status. It's right now it's my tool, right? Me, me, the sales professional, where I can bring uh, groups of prospects in from a spreadsheet names and numbers and I can dial through them and find the ones that I actually want to connect with or want to connect with me. Then I can move them into contact status and they follow up and so forth. So as I move into Android, I'm going to open up lead sharing or contact sharing uh, and then also reporting and administrative injection, right? So you can have somebody at, at your team lead office administrator or your inside sales agency folks shoving leads into your phone. Uh, app right into your expect my call app but also uh, i envision having reporting availability so that you could have groups or teams that you could you know you don't have to do it for the it's not forced referrals but any time that you can measure what's important and hold yourself accountable and hold your team accountable for taking action right if they if they're not if it's not top of mind and it's not if it's not measured it doesn't matter then it's going to be far less effective for everybody. I entertain myself and whenever they ask me to to start as the realtor in a BNI network local chapter here in Castle Rock, Colorado, I went through the, the orientation program about what BNI is all about, all about you know the names, the numbers, the, the commitments, and this, that, and the other. And, and uh, the the lady came for the close and says, "Oh, would you like to?" be the real estate guy in our new chapter here in Castle Rock. I said, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure I have the time to make everybody accountable that you're asking. Mm-hmm. I, I'm accountable. I'm, I am a super connector because I believe that's part of being a professional, a sales professional. If you're not interested in what people are doing and how you can help them get the connections they need to do what they need to do, how can you expect them to think about you whenever you need? Exactly. So, uh, networking, family, let's go back to your, to your decision to, to go pro and, and leave the W2 behind. So I started, uh, my career and so basically graduated college in, uh, in 
August was August 2010. And I had a friend that was working at DuPont. So very large company, um, local company. He was uh, a couple years ahead of me. He was maybe 23 at the time, was making really good money working at DuPont. My dad worked at DuPont for 35 years. So I'm like, all right, I graduate college. I'll, I'll get a job at DuPont. I'll get a job there working with him. So literally the week I graduate, um, I get an interview right away because I have a friend there and I have family that work there. And I'm going to get a job working with my buddy. He's making good money. If you have a degree there, you're you know, fast track to the top. And the week I graduate, I have an interview and I'm scheduled for another interview to, to get hired in there. And my buddy gets fired from his job. A uh, fluke thing, um, you know, it gets up, ends up getting let go from his job. So instead of me going to work with him at this, you know, career, right, that I'm going to jump into, he's like, hey, is your brother still doing the mortgage thing? I need a job. And I'm like, all right, well, let's, yeah, let's do it. So I uh, end up calling C-Rock, my brother, who you know, and the audience uh, might know. Uh, and I'm like, hey, man, uh, just graduated. I know I said I wasn't going to do the mortgage thing with you, but I need a job. And so does my buddy. So we end up going in there. We start. This is right when, you know, think back 2010, what the real estate market was like then. It was actually right when a loan officer had to get licensed. So prior to that, a loan officer did not have to be a licensed, um, you know, professional. Um, so basically, you have to be licensed. You have to pass a national exam. You have to pass state exams. Um, it was a weird time in the mortgage business and the real estate business in general. And we end up starting there. Uh, again, we're, cu- we're calling Internet leads. So LowerMyBills.com. Um, lending tree, all these online lead, lead source companies were calling leads. So I remember my first day on the job, uh, I sit down at the desk in the phone there, the little cubicle, and they hand me a stack of papers. It's like this thick. And I said, well, you know, what do I do? And they said, you call them. And I'm like, okay, well, what if they answer? And they said, well, then you sell them a mortgage. <laughs> That's your job. And I'm like, all right. So it was literally calling through this stack of old leads that, they just gave all the new guys, you know, all the old leads that they had printed out, they gave the new guys and they figured, you know, we'll just give the stack, put it in front of them, let them start dialing. And, you know, a lot of them will just self-select out probably within a week. And I started calling, man, started dialing, hitting the phones and um, ended up doing pretty well. I got my license. I passed my national exam on the first try. I got my state license and I'm like, all right, I'm here. Now I'm finally licensed and, you know, it's time to make some money. But you know, although I made some money, I hated it. I didn't want to be a telemarketer. I'm like, I have a degree. I want to use my degree and, and go get a salary. So I ended up leaving the mortgage business after about a year. I got a job working for Sherwin Williams. So, you know, this massive paint company, I got into their management training program, uh, worked in the stores for a short time, which I actually enjoyed uh, being in there, mixing paint and, and being able to interact with customers. And uh, within probably six months of being uh, employed with the company, a sales, um, a sales uh, outside sales rep job came open and it was in my area that I, that I lived in and grew up in. And I'm like, you know what? Usually you have to have some experience to get a job like this. I'm like, I'm going for it. So I uh, called my sales manager. I said, I want, I want the sales rep job. What do I have to do? I, I want to interview for it. And, you know, I got the whole, ah, you're not really ready for it. You know, you probably need some more knowledge. You need some more time in the business. And I'm like, I, I knew I didn't want to be inside a store and the sales rep job seemed pretty, 
you know, seemed pretty sexy at the time, believe it or not, selling paint outside. But I went for it, applied for it, ended up getting getting the position, did that for six months, uh, realized I didn't like that. I didn't like approaching contractors on job sites and trying to sell them paint. So uh ended up leaving that job for an insurance company, another W-2 position. I ended up uh, working that insurance company for a total of about six years, and I worked my way up to an operations manager where I had a team of 20 uh, processors working for this very large insurance company, processing insurance policies. And really the tipping point for me was my daughter was about one, about one at the time. I was driving an hour plus to get to work every day and an hour plus to get home. And I was leaving the house at six o'clock in the morning. I was getting home at six or seven o'clock at night and I wasn't seeing my daughter very much. And, you know, here again, I can see my brother, right? And, and he's doing very well in the mortgage business. His friends that he's worked with for a long time are doing very well. They're at all their kids sporting events. They're coaching their kids teams. They're, they're, um, driving nice cars. They have nice houses. They have freedom of their time. And I remember calling my brother. I remember exactly where I was and, and what I was doing. I called him when I left work one day and I said, I'm quitting my job and I'm coming back to work with you. And that was, uh, 2016, the early part of 2016. I got my license again, uh, in the mortgage business, quit my job full time in May 2016. And from May to the end of the year, I actually made as much money as I was making in a whole year working for the insurance company. And then, um, you know, doubled my income the year after that and the year after that and a few more times. So it was, uh, you know, looking back at it, like I said, it was my most proud moment because you're jumping into something that there's no guarantee. I had no money saved up at the time. I had student loan debt. I had car payments. I had a house payment, a mortgage payment. I had a young daughter at home. Um, you know, and I, I, I put it all on the line at that point, to be honest with you. I had no other option but to make it work. And that's, that's how I got in. And that's really the tipping point of commitment that I made that started my, you know, I'll say started my career in sales, even though I had some prior experience. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. The, uh, the, the freedom of time and financial stress and the emotional stress. I mean, I took, I took a brief time during the COVID uh, period in 2020 when the real estate market was, it was kind of sort of quasi shut down in Colorado, but not exactly. It was, wasn't fully. I mean, I still, I think I'd, for my career, I think I probably still had almost of a record year of real estate sales in 2020, <laughs> but yeah. I took, but I took a job as a, uh, as a forklift merchandiser for my local Sam's club. Walmart corporation is, it's, it's quite a place. They, they run everything fairly remotely from Bentonville, Arkansas. They got a lot of great people on the ground. Uh, I would not recommend their management system, school or training for anybody. That seems kind of broken, but one takeaway from there was, even though the benefits were great, including the opportunity to buy Walmart stock at a discount, you guys are not paying me enough money to either think or care. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and the management style is kind of, you know, beatings will continue until morale improves. A job does not pay you enough to think or care. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I said, you guys got me for, for, $19 an hour to drive forklifts and to, and to unload every truck that comes off of the, comes to the dock. And there's a lot, 
right? There's a lot of stuff that goes through a big box store. And, uh, you know, I said, my, my thinking rate is actually like 150 bucks an hour. And my carrying rate is far higher than that. I don't yeah. do stress. I don't do drama. I don't, I don't, you know, and I can't care for a W-2 job. I just, I just, I've never been able to do that. I've always, I was an intrapreneur, uh, when I had W-2 jobs in the past and, uh, the, the freedom, the freedom to create and think and, and try things and adjust and, and keep going. Or I think, you know, we've had, uh, we've had pivot discussions recently the market, the market can pivot now on a Friday night when Silicon Valley Bank fails and the government rushes in yeah. on Monday to fix it, right? That's how our market can shift this Friday night. So uh, it does take intestinal fortitude to have freedom financially and emotionally, but you know, definitely the rewards are there. Yeah, you know, and the biggest thing I think is that it takes responsibility, because, and that's one of our core values, as you know, in, in the mortgage business and that we've adopted into our lives is 100% responsibility. I don't want to say it's easy. It's not easy to work for another company, but you almost, you're giving some of the responsibility to that company and that employer to keep you employed. And when you're on your own and, well, and it's pretend, you know, I'm not self-employed. It's pretend security, right? Yeah. How many thousands yep. of employees at uh, Twitter? or meta Facebook uh, thought they had a secure job and they realized that on any Friday night they could get the pink slip and they'll be out looking for something to do on Monday. So it's yep. pretend, it's, pretend. It's, it's just all pretend. The only thing you can yep. count Grant on says that. You. Yeah. One of the first things that I learned from Grant Cardone was that you're in a commission position, whether you get a W2, a salary, or anything, you're in a commission position and, you know, you're in a commission role because the minute that you're not the most valuable person there, your job's on the line. And it's painful, you know, especially being on the management side of it, you know, and obviously the mortgage business is down, you know, anywhere from 70 to 80 percent this year over prior the prior couple of years. So we've had to make really tough decisions in our in our business. And we thought 50 percent off last year was like uh, gut wrenching. Right. And and, and yeah. And it's only getting better as we as we enter the non recession recession period. Uh, so yeah. let's uh, let's let's shift gears a little bit about back into uh, back into the marketing aspects of of buy, buying leads versus uh, cultivating leads and uh, local versus wider landscapes. Are you uh, developing a team there at Nations Lending? Yeah. So we. Um... We, we do and we have. We uh, actually had built our team up to about 40 employees during the, the rush in 2020 and 21. My goal going forward is to continue to, to hire and develop loan officers, really. Um, we've got a just an amazing process that we've worked, at, you know, really refined over the past couple of years where we have loan partners and we have our processing in-house. Um, and we have just an amazing process for the loans once they come in the door. The next step for you know myself and our team here is just to continue to add loan officers because now we need to feed the machine. So the machine's up and running; it's running very smoothly. We need to find people that uh, that like building the relationships, that like um, bringing loans in the door. Don't want to touch the loans after they come in the door, right? Keep in touch, but don't don't babysit your pipeline. 
uh, because we have the, the team to handle all that. So that's our focus now through growing is just hiring, hiring loan officers, people that want to bring in business, uh, provide opportunities that, that I've had being in this business to, to more people. Um, I have somebody right now that's working on his exam. So he's going to, he's actually done his hours. He's going to be taking his NMLS exam to join my team. And I'm excited about that because I really want to, um, you know, again, I want to provide an opportunity for him and I want, um, to show him what the possibilities are. And he's a young kid. He doesn't have a lot of bills. He's, he's hungry. And I, I just know this can be a great business for somebody like him. And, um, you know, of course, for people that are seasoned too, you know, if, if somebody's out there and you're a loan officer and you're seasoned and, you know, look, there's people out there making moves right now in companies that we never thought possible. Like we thought they were locked in, but the market has done what it's doing and companies out there that looked very strong are struggling. Um, and we're, we're in a very good position at nations and, you know, that opens up a door too to, um, you know, to recruit people that maybe aren't in the best fit that they thought they were. Sure. Do you guys, uh, what about, what about toolboxes? So for, for, for many years, I never got a call from a mortgage, uh, loan originator because you guys were all busy in, in, uh, refis and stuff like that. People beating the door down to, uh, to get the free money from, from the low, low, low interest rates. Um, now we're going back into, uh, you know, I got MLOs that want to date me now. They want to take me to lunch, and coffee, and drinks and stuff like that. And, uh, but what about, what about real, real value that, uh, you guys are offering back to your, to your agent partners? Yep. So the way that we always talk about that with our team and the way that I feel um, that we can provide value is through collaboration. And I know me and you have talked about this. Um, you know, personally, I don't like to be the guy that's calling, you know, you, Mr. Realtor, um, every Monday morning and asking how your weekend was. And if you worked with anybody, you know, talk to anybody I can help you with. I, I don't like that approach. I think it's very... Um, I don't know. What are we bringing to the table, right? Other than being in front and making that contact. So I, I choose to work with people that I, um, that are, you know, that we, we vibe, right? We have a, a good, um, a good vibe back and forth, right? That, that we're on the same page about things that want to grow their business, that we can collaborate and do things together, like this podcast, for example. And I'll have you on, on my podcast. So, um, one of the ways that we look to provide value is just, you know, look, we're on the same mission. We're both trying to grow our business. How can we do it together? Um, how can we reach more people together? Because again, being in sales, the only way that we grow is by getting out of obscurity. So if I can have a platform like a podcast and I can invite agents like yourself on there and get you more content that you can use and get your name out there in the area that you represent out there, um, that's one way that we provide value. You know, everyone's got a great product. Um, everyone's got good service. Not everyone communicates, I found. So that's another thing I would say that sets us apart. People say they communicate. They don't really do that good of a job at it, at what I've heard and found. So we, we do have a process for, uh, communicating throughout a loan process. But I would say the main thing we, we want to do is just collaborate. You know, we, we want to, we want to grow and we want to help people win. And we want to do that with other people that want to grow and want to win. So what about, what about brand building, uh, opportunities? Uh, I do recall you guys, you guys had offered 
and I didn't really avail myself of them, but you guys had offered, you got graphic designers and, and things like that to help out with, with customizing social postings and, and those kind of things. I, I truly yep. believe that if you don't have a personal brand by 2025, then you should probably just step out of whatever professional sales role that you're in because your market share you'll be fighting over is really, really going to be compressed. Yeah, we do actually. So Nations has done a really good job. Um, and I give our corporate office credit for this is creating a marketing team. So we have, um, what's called Lomas, which are loan officer marketing assistants. We have Genies, which are people that will call and actually do outreach for us and book calls, uh, with realtors so that we can introduce ourselves. But they have a, a marketing department that really they'll handle pretty much anything we throw at them in a very quick time. Um, they'll actually, we have one system that they link to your MLS as a realtor. And when you have a listing that goes live, they'll actually create a whole marketing packet for you and they'll send it to you. So it's completely free. It's done for you. It's done instantly. You don't even have to think about it. You just have to sign up and say, yeah, I'll co-market. Again, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. But that's another value that we provide the realtors. We have an events team that will help with coordinating events. So they'll create like an RSVP link. They'll create graphics. They'll actually track. They'll follow up. If we give them a list of people that we want there, they'll call them, text them, email them. They'll follow up with them. They'll confirm RSVPs. Uh, they'll help us with ordering food. Um, so they do a really good job with that. And it's something that as a loan officer, it's like, that would be nice to have, or that would be nice to do. But, you know, let's face it, a lot of times loan officers, if they're busy and good loan officers, they don't have time to set all that stuff up. Same and with they agents. Won't, and, and, um, and they probably, they won't be any good at it either. Right. It's, it's yeah, like, exactly. You know, you should, you should always hire a professional no matter what your need is. That's, that's exactly where, where I believe we are. From our side as a loan officer, it's like, what do you want to lean into? Pick a thing. Make that your thing and lean into it. If it's list reports, lean into list reports. If it's, you know, um, it can be something that's home like bot. what we do. If it's we do HomeBot. HomeBot is another one. Yep. And I think the the important thing is that you kind of you pick pick something and lean into it because a lot of this stuff will work if you work it. And it's really um, just a matter of picking that thing that kind of fits what you're looking to do. and Build a brand. If you don't build the yep. brand, you'd be a secret agent. Well, Casey, I really yep. enjoyed our chat this morning. Thanks so much for your time and for hopping on. I want to put up very quickly. You guys can find Casey Holland on the web at casey.mortgage. The link will be in the show notes of the podcast or the the uh, video uh, posts. But thanks, thanks again for coming, Casey. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, Ed. We'll, we'll uh, do it again soon for sure. So I think what, you know, the current state of things, and this is not just in our industry, but across the whole economy. If you're going to make it the next couple of years, you have to commit to being excellent at what you do. You have to be a professional. You have to be better now than ever to make, even make a living in this business. And you know, really, we're going to see um, people that stick it out, people that do commit to being a professional and really being excellent. Um, you know, they're going to struggle, you know, possibly, too, for the next however long. However, on the back side of that, we've seen this before in the mortgage business. Everyone jumps in when it's good and rates are low because they think it's a get rich quick, um, you know, money grab. Same with real estate. And then when it hits a period like it is now, we, we see people falling out and already people that 
have been in the business for a long time, much longer than myself, that you would never think. Like, they never had any other career. They've been doing this for 15, 20 years. They're dropping out. So, I think, um, you know, since the beginning of this year and really the past couple of years, but I really committed to it is is getting healthy. Um, so exercising every single day, watching what I eat, plenty of water. I haven't had a drink of alcohol this year. Um, I'm focused on reading. I'm focused on um, improving myself, building relationships, and just becoming a better version of myself because I think that's that's the key to getting through this time that we're about to enter and that we're in right now is just it's going to take more than just showing up. You know, it's gonna you have to become personally excellent to mentally get through what we're about to experience here. So that's that's my take on things right now. And I'll tell you, you know, the the you know the end result as in dollars coming in is not where it's been the past couple of years. However, you know, I, I feel good. I feel like I'm on the right path um, and doing the right things to make sure that, you know, that I get through this and, and prosper on the other side of it. Absolutely. I've had, uh, I've had other guests, uh, Brad Korn, a uh, real estate, long real estate career in uh, Kansas city. He says that as you observe the, the ups and downs of the, uh, the enrollment into the industry uh, pool, he says that market share that you obtain during this time will not be yielded when the times get good again. And yeah. I believe you're 100% on track for that. Um, attitude is everything. I'm hosting a renaissance, not a recession. Yes, it's taken more uh, more effort, more concentration and focus to find the find the people that are going to be doing something, right? And making sure I can figure out a way to get in front of them, uh, and also motivating the ones that should be doing something. Uh, yeah, I'll, I will share a little bit of a, a, a inside inside uh, real estate secret is that I really believe that we've we got off kind of lucky with the, the little bit of a dip that we've had in prices uh, from the from the significant increase in mortgage rates. Uh, I'm a little concerned that if the Fed Reserve does another one and a quarter percent hike, that I think we're going to see like a leg down. I think we're gonna we're gonna see a significant drop. Uh, Colorado actually dropped five to ten percent in prices since 22. Wow. Or early 22. Uh, top of market was uh, January of 22 contracts. And then it started sliding uh, throughout the year, 5 to 10%. And the, the range will determine will be determined by the maintenance level of the property that you're trying to sell. So if it's properly maintained and, and well presented, uh, you might experience 0% uh, decline in your in your price. Because we're having multiple offers and bidding wars right now. Uh, certainly under $700,000 price points. Uh, but I think one more percent up, I think that that, that pressure is going to really push it down. We'll lose another $100,000 worth of buying power. And, uh, you know, that'll be the end of the bidding wars in the 600s right now. Uh, I, can I say one more thing, Ed, before we yeah, wrap absolutely. up? Absolutely. Because I think this is important for anyone out there listening that if you're in a commission-based job um, or maybe you're considering getting into, say, real estate or the mortgage business, I got some good advice early on that I that I took to heart, and it's really it's getting me through this time. And that's um, look, there's going to be um, ebbs and flows in this business. You're going to have times where you make a lot of money, 
You're going to have months where you make a lot of money. Then you're going to have times where it's it's lean. You're not making as much money and months where you might not make anything. And, um, you know, I remember early on all my the people that brought me in, although they had nice cars and big houses and all this stuff, they're like, you know, save your money. I Save your money. Don't get it. Don't get caught up in this trap of, um, you know, spending every penny that you got and, and adjusting your lifestyle to your income. And, you know, I just I think back and I feel very grateful because in 2020, um, where we had a record year in the mortgage business, 2021 was a, you know, excellent year. You know, we personally, my family, we made good decisions with that money. So we bought rental properties. We paid off our debt. We never went out and financed new vehicles. Um, we didn't go crazy, you know, spending money like it was coming in. Instead, we invested that money into things that, you know, are now rental properties for us. Um, so that gives you a lot more confidence when you hit a time like this that I'm not, I'm not looking for an out right now of the business like a lot of people are because they literally just spent every penny that came in. Um, you know, I, we, we set ourselves up, you know, and it doesn't, it, sometimes it feels like we could have done more and we probably could have, but if you're, if you're entering a business like this, you know, that great advice and, and not to save every penny either, but invest your money into things that are going to spit out some income for you. Because when you hit a lean time, you're going to be thankful that you did. And you're not, you know, staring down the, uh, the barrel of a fifteen hundred a month uh, car payment. I just want to share that with anybody who's maybe newer in this, or, or you're in a business right now and you're killing it. Great, you know that's awesome. But but think about that in the future and invest everything money is temporary. Are... Everything is temporary. Yeah. You need to prepare. Well, again, it was great chatting with you, Casey. Your time is no. I appreciate it again, Ed. It was uh, so much fun, man, having me on here. And um, yeah, look forward to doing it again. I'm Ed Hooks Jr. for the Perfect Fit Presents. Have an amazing day. If you're a real estate agent and wants more from your business, we invite you to partner with us and implement proven production strategies with the support of real estate industry titans.